Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. Emily, Emilia, sorry, wait, hold on. I know the, yeah, the full, full name. name. I, there you I, go. I wrote it in a script somewhere, so I'm going to, I don't care that this is still the intro. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this podcast. And I have got the, here we go. So, welcome to the Formula One Rolex Grand Premio del Made in Italy, Adelia Emilia Romagna 2022. There you go. Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah oh yeah probably missed the most important part of that but welcome everybody welcome to the podcast welcome post sprint edition so yes we have had the race on saturday it's not sunday we've had a race still doesn't feel normal even though we have had three last year doesn't feel normal to have seen lights out and away we go and it not be the end of the weekend it's very bizarre i'm still getting used to having quality on a friday to be honest with you it just it's, it doesn't sit well with me because I'm so not used to it. But yes, we've had the sprint and pleasantly supply, surprised. I can't even speak. Surprised. So <laughs> it supplied me with so much surprise. There you go. <laughs> but thanks very much. I'll send you a check. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but uh, yeah, so of course, you might be wondering if you, you know, if this is the first podcast you've listened to in a while or maybe you just ignore what I say. But either or, Tommy has had a baby and uh, therefore he is not here at the moment, but he will return. He hasn't had the baby himself. He didn't deliver it, he, no. Uh, no. <laughs> his wonderful wife, Katie, did. Uh, not you, Katie. You're not his no, wife. Another this, Katie. This uh, another one. <laughs> all very confusing. But um, but yeah, so Tommy is off at the moment, but he will return. And I'm sure he would want to be in this podcast right now because, of course, Max Verstappen won the battle with Charles Leclerc, which is totally fine. Uh, so we're actually going to talk about that first. Uh, talk about that, that battle at the front, which unfolded and it was very similar in in a lot of ways to how it was in in Saudi obviously in the real race and have a sprint there where Leclerc was just staying over that second for a very long time but then as soon as Max got under a second I started saying some expletives whilst watching the television because I knew it was pretty much going to be game over especially with how long that DRS uh, zone was um there's going to question actually from Vettel Laporte will Charles Poor tyre management be a concern for his and potentially Carlos's race tomorrow. So, of course, that was one of the big things was that the reason Charles lost a bit of pace at towards the end was because of graining uh, on his front left, I think it was, uh, which cost him a bit of pace right at the end. And it allowed Max to get into it in DRS and then and then he overtook him with a, with a couple of laps to go. This, I, I think it's a question that you can't really compare it to the full race, not massively anyway, because you know, it's, it's difficult to say how many drivers will start on the soft tires. You know, they have free reign to go on whatever they want, mediums, hards. They, they're going to potentially try something different where they don't have to stay out for 21 laps on the soft tires. So even if they do struggle on a certain set, they can then look to change their strategy rather than being forced their hand till the end of the race like we saw today. Yeah, it was always going to be an interesting tire strategy anyway. Obviously, the softer tire is the one that you probably want to go for, but naturally, um, these soft tires degrade quicker, which is why we saw a couple of cars gambling on the mediums, both Hasses, which we'll talk about later, and the Tiffy and the Williams, which, I mean, he just fell straight to the back straight away. So didn't work out very well for him. Um, but yeah, it's, I'll be honest, a little bit concerning because last year... I'm not saying it's game over for Ferrari in the championship or anything like that. You better last not be. Year, yeah. <laughs> but last year, Ferrari did have real troubles with 
the tie is degrading so quickly. Um, and I wonder if it was just a case of maybe that little bit of pressure meant Charles was going through his tires quicker or something along those lines. Cause we haven't, it's not something we've really seen much of so far this year. Um, but yeah, in the end, Verstappen was able to go for that overtake and take the victory. It's the first time I think we've seen like a proper battle for, for the lead of the sprint. I'm not sure if it's the first time we've had a pass for the lead. Cause I think, um, I should have done my research. Yeah. I think it was in Brazil last year where maybe somebody got a better start and it was kind of just dealt with in, um, in the sprints. But You're testing our memories here. Katie. You really are. I know. It, and it's, yeah, <laughs> it's getting later in the evening. My brain <laughs> yeah. is brain fog setting in. Uh, so this could be a very interesting podcast, but, um, it still was an excellent bit of entertainment. Um, if, unless you're Matt, <laughs> Matt and it was probably no. slow torture, but, um, generally for F1 fans, it was quite good to see. Cause I think a lot of us feel that the sprint could just be like a lights out and then a bit processional, but, uh, we didn't see that. We saw some really good overtaking and really good racing in the sprint. So yeah, as I said at the start, pleasantly surprised. I thought it was a great sprint. I thought it was probably the mm. best sprint we've seen. And, uh, you know, I put that on social media and, you know, that's always going to be opinions on social media. I found out over the last no. few days. Um, <laughs> but but a lot of people seem to agree with me. You know, there, there was a lot of people that, were, that enjoyed the race. And I, I genuinely did think it was the best one. I know there was a lot of talk about, oh, you know, DRS was too powerful. It was too easy. But I don't know. Obviously, there's only one DRS zone at this track and if if the drs zone was too short people would be complaining it's very difficult to get it completely right because the wind direction can change and, and things like that um i don't think it was particularly i think the actual overtakes we saw were for like perez and signs who were in faster cars they were able to get closer uh, in those last couple of corners, be about half a second back as they exit the last corner. And then it's easy pickings. You know, you have DRS and it's a very long straight down towards turn two, technically. But when we saw sort of gaps of seven, eight tenths, that was when we actually got decent battling and they were side by side or whatever. We also saw a, a, DR, a non-DRS overtake, I think, uh, with Alonso and I'm going to say... Perez, don't know. But anyway, we saw we saw, again testing the memory. But yeah, it, we we did see decent racing in my opinion. I know some of the DRS overtakes were easy, uh, but overall, I thought the midfield were, were scrapping away. We had a battle at the front. I'm not sure what more you could have really expected in in 21 laps. No, I mean when we came to Imola for the first time in 2020, I say first time, like first time in modern F1, because mm. obviously we were here um, many times before that, but uh, we arrived at Imola and people were like, why have we come here? It, the track is too narrow for overtaking. We're never going to get any good racing. It's going to be so processional, so boring. Um, and the 2020 race was okay. 2021 was obviously a banger, but that was partly because of the damp weather conditions that we had. Um, so I was interested to see how the cars would get on with obviously the new regulations. And I uh, was really happy with how much overtaking we had. Um, although yes, some moves maybe did look a bit easier than um, it would have been in other areas of, of the circuit with the aid of DRS. Uh, I mean, I'm just happy to be seeing overtakes because previously in the sprints, Monza, for example, um, last year, the person that got the most places gained 
throughout the whole race was Nikita Mazepin. And that's because he started at the back and he gained two places because Gasly had an issue and <laughs> Kivitsa had an issue. Like, and that's what I was beginning to panic and think, this is just all the sprint's going to be. It's just yeah. going to be a case of, obviously we've had, we've seen examples, Hamilton in Brazil, perfect example. He started at the back. I'm sure he'd rather have not started there, but we saw him start from the back, make his way up to fifth during the sprint in Brazil. Um, and so that was quite an interesting case study for a car that was competitive and how they could fight their way up through um, the field. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just happy to be seeing some brilliant racing. Like there were so many good overtakes during that race that there's honestly like, a list this long of drivers that I could sit here and praise for one move or another. So that's what us fans want to be like hyped about after a sprint. So yeah, at the moment sprints got a thumbs up, but we still got two more to go. So <laughs> this could just be like the one great sprint of the year. Well, I, 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 you know, I don't think so purely because, you know, Imola, is a very difficult track to overtake on. And these new cars were the problem. You know, sorry, the old cars were the problem. The new cars are the solution. I just also want to say that it was Alonso and Sainz, not Alonso and Perez. I knew it was one of the faster cars, but no, it was uh, it was Sainz coming through uh, after the safety car. Um, but, you know, th this track is narrow. It is difficult to overtake in the past. I think 2006 was the last time we came here before the, the modern era. Yeah. Um, but, you know, these cars are showing that it's possible and it's it's brilliant to see. So for me, I can't really complain too much about, about what I saw today. And, and I think it sets up tomorrow quite nicely. I think the one thing that people have highlighted, which I can understand their frustrations of, is that the sprint basically gives mm. people that screwed up qualifying just an extra 100 kilometers to not screw up their qualifying, which I can understand, you know. But at the same, and they're saying, oh, well, we could have seen that at the start of the real race. <laughs> It's difficult because, I mean, you see it anyway. So, you know, it, it wasn't exciting. It was an exciting sprint race. So for me, I don't mind it too much, but I know that some some fans do. Uh, next question, Grand Garuda. How come Red Bull are good on tyres as it's completely opposite to Ferrari in the last races? Of course, Red Bull brought an up, a big upgrade this weekend, didn't they? Which uh, they've, they've planted on the car, as far as I'm aware. At least that was coming into this weekend, uh, what they did. Um I can't imagine that's changed their tire wear too much, but of course, you know, it is, it is different tracks. It's different characteristics. And for some reasons, sometimes uh, teams get it right with the setup, you know, as much as they are cop, you know, control C control V for most of the first few races, especially this season with the fact they can't bring huge upgrades because they're just trying to understand what the car is doing at the moment. Um, there still can be tweaks of setup, a bit more understanding of the car, uh, and clearly Red Bull got it into a good phase, at least on the soft tyres. You know, we can't say that it's a blanket statement that Red Bull are better than Ferrari over the softs, mediums and hards, because sometimes you do see teams better on a particular compound. And, and Red Bull were, were that today, uh, but not necessarily. It'll be the same tomorrow and, and into the rest of the season. Yeah, this is a circuit that's suited Red Bull well over the last few years. Obviously, 2020, uh, Max had his shock retirement. Uh, that was the year where he had a proper Italy curse because in every single Italian Grand Prix, Magello and Monza as well, had some sort of retirement. And then here last year, um, he won the race and Perez also put in a stellar performance in quali. So it showed they had good pace here. Um, so yeah, I'm not too surprised to see the Red Bulls are strong around here. But um, yeah, Ferrari are obviously very quick this year. And um, we've seen proper 
glimmers of something really competitive there. Obviously, Leclerc was able to maximise off uh, Max's pretty bad start today. Um, and Carlos also fighting up the grid after very embarrassing uh, slip up from him yesterday in qualifying, which I'm sure he is going to be absolutely mortified about. Like we saw how badly he was, well, how annoyed he gets himself at the start of the season when he was getting podiums and like just finishing behind the clerk. And now I don't know what's happened to him. I'm not saying he's washed or anything like that. I think Melbourne, there were a series of unfortunate events that were both team and driver, um, you know, related to why he didn't have a great weekend. Um, but so far this weekend, uh, well, in qualifying at least, um, yeah, that seemed to be an accident on all on his shoulders, which isn't great timing when you just signed a really nice long contract but well, and I also guess, a home race yeah not good for the home race side of things i guess it doesn't really matter so much you just signed a contract i'm sure hopefully for his sake there isn't a, a get out clause where ferrari can just close it if he crashes straight after signing uh but no you know that's that's in the past for carlos now you know he did make that mistake and if he continues to make these kind of mistakes he absolutely deserves the criticism that he, he will receive um but you know you look at today he brought it back from 10th on the grid, starting fourth tomorrow. And that was the least he could really, you know, expect from himself in what was, you know, the fastest or equal fastest to, to Red Bull today, clear of everybody else. You know, he he rocked up to the back of Lando in the last few laps and just breezed mm -hmm. past him. So so for Carlos, it was a great, great result. He didn't over push. He didn't make any huge mistakes, which then caused any more, you know, being on the back foot for Sunday. So starting fourth, he can get in the mix. That was the one, you know, concern for, for Ferrari fans and for Leclerc is that he'd have to deal with both Red Bull drivers and it'd be a 2v1 scenario. But you've got Carlos now in fourth who can play the strategy role as well. And it's very much a 2v2. So that'll be good for the strategy and for the general viewing entertainment uh, for, for us tomorrow. So I'm, I'm properly uh, looking forward to that. Uh, speaking of comebacks, so we've spoken just briefly about signs. The other person, of course, was Sergio Perez, who was coming back from seventh on the grid at Sam Strew Bing 54 who should be more proud of their performance Checo or signs we can both be proud you know Checo yeah. didn't, <laughs> didn't do enough in qualifying you know he definitely should have been up in the top three but you know in this particular race again similar to signs he did what he needed to do and it was a great drive from him you know he got all the way up to p3 and looked reasonably on the pace of course lost a bit of time to Leclerc and Verstappen at the start couldn't make that up uh, towards the end but his pace not like we really saw many times last year is pretty comparable to Verstappen and that's exactly what Sergio Perez fan Sergio himself wants Whee! to hear so <laughs> it's brilliant it's brilliant for the, the title challenge it's brilliant for for us watching and you don't want to see a number two driver if we're going to label them that uh, falling back from from the from the lead drivers so it's great to see Checo in the mix he is is he still technically ahead of Max in the championship? I think he might be, but of course he got six today and Max got eight. But yeah, it's it's, it's so much better. It's so much better for Checo this year, uh, for sure. And uh, they should both be proud. That's my answer. Oh, I love it. Yeah, you should all be proud, guys. Um, but yeah, I think it depends. You can't really put like on the proudometer, you can be here <laughs> and you can be there. Um, but I suppose... Carlos's one will probably be a bit more of a relief in the mm. sense that he did, as we said, he messed up yesterday. He will admit that himself. So being able to cut through the field, we've seen it on a few occasions before where Carlos is sometimes not really um, 
given much respect on his name when it comes to like coming from the back and flying through. I'll say, I'll admit, I think I was one of those people today. We did our top five sprint predictions and I didn't put him in my top five. So, you know, I'm one of those people. I underestimate him sometimes. And then he puts in performances like today and I'm like, oh yeah, you're not bad, are you? Um, Unfortunately, I put Fernando Alonso P3, so we're not going to talk about that. And um, yeah, Checo as well. He's another one that um, did a good job at fighting coming up through the field. So both really good performances. But as I say, there were other people um, up and down the grid that did some really nice moves. Danny Rick pulled a great move on Kevin Magnussen, uh, which I really enjoyed. And yeah, there was just lots of great racing in that little 100 kilometer race. Um, and so, yeah, I'm still got a bit of a buzz from the sprint, which is something I never thought I would say. <laughs> I say buzzing. Wow. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realise that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding and even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. And let's not forget about doom scrolling, sleeping too little, sleeping too much, undereating, and overeating. I struggle quite a bit with stress myself, whether that's through abuse online or it's wondering if there's someone better out there for the job that I currently do. Lots of things that can play on your mind. Stress shows up in all kinds of ways, and in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, and grind all the time, here's your reminder to take care of yourself, do less, and maybe try some therapy. BetterHelp is customised online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. WTF1 listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com slash WTF1. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash WTF1. It's time to clear out your winter bush and join the other 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to Manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code WTF1. Manscaped has the full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The Performance Package 4.0 is the only tool you need to keep you looking and smelling like the fresh tulips your partner wants. To start off your spring cleaning, use the Manscaped Lawn Mower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shave on your hedges. Did we mention it's waterproof as well? No need to worry about watering your grass with this tool. Equipped with an LED light so you know it will be a major asset to the new shower routine. The start of spring also marks the start of Testicular Cancer Awareness Month in April. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Bulls initiative. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. Speak, you mentioned KMAG. Let's go to this next question from Team WTF1 member Grubbly. Uh, and if you want to join Team WTF1, uh, there is a link in the description where you can uh, get loads of nice. additional benefits. Go to the WTF1 Clubhouse at Silverstone, where we're doing an amazing camping experience. We're doing gaming with Matt sessions, which you might not want, but that's fine. Uh, and then loads of other things as well. Live podcasts uh, on every single Monday uh, after a Grand Prix weekend. Uh, but anyway, Team WTF1 member Grubbly. Why take the gamble with mediums? Of course, talking about Haas. Sure, the safety car helped the soft drivers, but Magnussen showed how much slower he was. 
I, I'm not going to be too harsh on Haas. I think they maybe, well, they definitely went the wrong way just purely because of the safety car, as you mentioned, Grubbly mm-hmm. came out and did help uh, a bit with the degradation for those soft tyres, especially for Leclerc. If he was already marginal, he probably maybe even would have lost out on Perez had the safety car not come out because Perez was closing at a right rate of knots uh, towards the end as well. But for, for K-Mag, for, for Mick Schumacher, clearly, you know, this is the thing as well, is that they didn't have much data to run it off. You know, they had a very small amount of time to work out what they actually wanted to do. Of course, you had free practice too, where they try and figure out the strategy. And they went down the medium route, which may well have worked a bit better had it not been the set for the safety car. But I think it's unfair to put Haas in this P4 category. Like it was a bit of a crazy day for qualifying on Friday. We had a bit of weather thrown in. I'm not sure Haas were the fourth fastest car in the dry. We saw that today. He did fall back. So I think it's a bit harsh to be like, oh, Kevin, he, you know, they bottled it. Haas, they bottled it. Um, maybe they did go, you know, go with the wrong tyre strategy, but you know, benefit of hindsight is beautiful. But I think they did all right. He still scored a point, finished eighth. Mick Schumacher's 10th, I think. They're in, yeah, a, they're in a good, uh, good position for tomorrow. I think so. I mean, it's not, it might have looked a crazy thing to do because literally everyone on the grid, apart from the Haas and Latifi, as you mentioned, were on the softs. But we saw it towards the end of the Grand Prix that the softs really were kind of on the cusp of just completely dropping off towards the end. So maybe they thought, you know what, we're not in the fastest car here. You know, we're not fourth fastest. Um, that We kind of got that result on a bit of a fluke, but it was still a brilliant job from Kevin. So let's Kevin. take a gamble. Kevin, <laughs> let's uh, take a gamble, put on some mediums. And then, yeah, if there's something that happens towards the end of the race and some of the guys on the soft tires push too hard and wear their soft tires down, then maybe we can sneak past and get a, a few cheeky positions there. But yeah, I think it was a, like a inspired move, but just unfortunately in this situation didn't quite work out, but not like completely cataclysmic decision that will just affect yeah, everything. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a ghastly, uh wet tires. Was it? I think when he started P4, Imola last year? Yeah, yeah last year it was, wasn't Rings it? Rings um, Yeah, when he started on completely... Yeah, everyone was on inters and he started on wets. They, he, they basically rolled the dice for no reason and that completely ruined their race. Uh, it wasn't as bad as that, I don't think. Uh, next question, Mega versus Primus. Did we, as the F1 community, underestimate Imola as a suitable track for the sprint? I know I did. I think we underestimated the combination of Imola, sprint racing and the new cars. And the the new cars are definitely 100% a step forward. You cannot deny that when it comes to racing and on-track overtakes and then being able to follow each other closer, 100%. And if we get a great race around Imola, which I think it was, you know, you're more than welcome to have your own opinion and think it was rubbish, it was just DRS filled. I thought it was a great race, especially for only 21 laps. If we can have a, a brilliant race like that, I think we can have a great race anywhere with these new cars. And, and that's the beauty of it. We can have a sprint race pretty much anywhere, barring Monaco. Sorry, Tommy. And <laughs> we, we could get an exciting one uh, for sure. So uh, I think we all did underestimate the whole package uh, for sure. Yeah, one of the reasons I love Imola, but we didn't really see it too much in the sprint, but we have seen it over the course of the weekend, apart from, well, the five red flags we had yesterday in quali was a bit much. I think that's the most red flags we've ever had in qualifying since that 
knockout format was introduced in 2006, which is crazy. Um, but I love how Imola punishes mistakes. Um, and, you know, if you go off, there is obviously sensible and safe amount of runoff, but um, it can put you in the barrier. And we have seen that uh, with a few incidences over or incidents over <laughs> the last few years here. So um, that's one of the reasons why I do love Imola and I love that track. But yeah, I was very shocked to see how much overtaking we were going to have um getting so many flashbacks when we were seeing people coming like past the start finish straight heading down to the um chicane there and just getting flashbacks to the bottas and russell um incident from last year there was a close moment i must say when carlos was overtaking ricardo mm. uh and he was to the left and he put a tire on sort of the you know like italian striped um runoff that they've got there and i thought oh my god if you didn't get that right and you accidentally just got like a little bit of your wheel on the grass there you could have had a real problem there but Carlos didn't do that so that's just a scenario yeah, that was I made sketchy, up in my head. wasn't it that was that <laughs> was yeah sketchy. it was like oh whoa, An another like... moment actually that comes to mind that was properly sketchy was the star I think it was yes Perez, Ricardo and, oh, and Magnuson as well it... they touched yeah, and I think I think Perez was in there as well. Uh, I've actually got the highlights uh, right here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it live on the podcast. But yeah, it was going down towards turn two, as as I say. Yeah, you had Perez on the inside, Ricardo in the middle, and then K Mag on the outside. And I think they all managed to touch like wheel bang in some way, but none of them got damaged, which was just an unbelievable moment, really. Because as soon as the, the camera kind of changed to a shot where you can see Leclerc coming through and it's you know you can see them in the background I was thinking oh Perez has ripped his wheel off here but no they were they were all fine and considering how wide these cars are they did a brilliant job to go pretty much three wide into into turn two it was brill so uh yeah I think I kind of echo what you were saying and the way that maybe we underestimated how good these cars have been designed to aid with overtaking and um all kinds of other factors there yeah, I'm just looking forward to the race tomorrow. I really hope, and I can see exactly why people have got these concerns and possibly criticisms, that, yeah, we haven't just had, like, the crazy shake-up that we got from Quali has now sort of ironed itself out because everyone's kind of gone back to where they were meant to sort of originally be, and we haven't got, like, a Magnussen in P4 and Alonso in P5. Um, and, yeah, I hope that, as a result of that, it's not going to be a snooze fest tomorrow, but we'll have to wait well, and see. And you have that, to wait and see what we think my, on the podcast uh, on Monday. That's <laughs> one of my predictions, uh, which we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, mm. A few questions on the actual sprint itself. UTD underscore MZATS asks, thoughts on how the sprint basically makes the grid more normal, even after a crazy, crazy qualifying. Yeah, I, I touched on that obviously a little bit earlier. Um, I do think that I, I do understand the frustrations uh, on that side of things. Um it doesn't bother me too much, I don't think, because we still get to see... You're not going to lose sleep over it tonight. No, because we, we still get to see that scenario play out. It's just an extra third of racing for which it's kind of sorted itself out now. But that's not to say that the beginning of lap one tomorrow does not mm. is not going to be crazy and we're going to get a few moves into turn two again. So I don't, I don't personally see much of a problem with that. I, what, what do you think, Casey? Yeah, I think much of the same. My ideal solution is kind of what the next question is. So I'll Reverse save it grids? for that. Oh, okay. No, cool. but that would right. be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the next question then. TD underscore 352 asks, would you prefer to see the sprints as standalone races with the starting grid determined by reverse championship order 
or do you like it how it is now? Standalone, meaning the sprint doesn't affect the Sunday race at all. Well, that is a scenario. Uh, that is <laughs> that is something. Of course, you know, you, you're looking at F2 a little bit there, where, of course, they have qualifying, and then they reverse the top 10 for their sprint race, uh, and then they have the normal race where they had the qualifying previously. So I would love to see that, personally. I think that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And I... I this Formula 2 format, because they did go to three races for a while, which I did not enjoy, they now reverted it back to two again. And I think that it's, a, it's a perfect format, in my opinion. Uh, and I'd love to see it trial by Formula 1. I'm not saying it would work in Formula 1 territory, and maybe some people might say it's a bit gimmicky. And, you know, why are we putting the fastest cars in 10th all the time? But, look, if we're going to be trying sprint races and this whole sprint not qualifying anymore, but the whole format we've got this week, why not try a reverse you know, reverse the top 10 in qualifying and see how it goes. Is it gimmicky? Do people enjoy it? That's the whole point of trying these formats out. So for me, I wouldn't mind adding a fourth sprint weekend, but having that layout and seeing what people think. Uh, But yeah, that's just my opinion. Oh my God. How dare you have your own (laughs) opinion? That's just so unfair. Um, But yeah, I think in my ideal little Katie's dream world, I would like to have the sprint as separate to creating the starting grid for a Sunday. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion. I don't mind. It's my opinion. Um, But yeah, I think that could be a fun thing to do because then you still, you're still going to get like a crazy element, especially if you do add in the reverse grid element to it. Uh, Not sure if I would want to do it. So it's complete reverse Latifi on pole yeah literally Latifi Latifi and Stroll front row actually maybe I do want that (laughs) that would be chaotic AF but um yeah maybe I don't know reverse the top 10 or something like that I I don't know but then is that a fair number you could just argue about that so maybe just yeah reverse the whole flipping thing uh but have it so you'll still get a crazy race element but it's not going to take away from the fact that for actual race day, we could have like the Hassan P4, Alpine P5, um, and we'll still get that Verstappen, Leclerc battle and that kind of thing. Because I mean, if Verstappen and Leclerc did collect each other, or you know, in the in the sprint today, say I don't know, Leclerc sent Max off or something like that. Um, just like to say that was just a random allocation because uh, yeah. so many people are like katie is wow. such a leclerc katie? hater and i'm like katie i'm not a leclerc hater yeah I was like, i'm not a leclerc hater i just when we do our predictions you're i just, just pick something different just I'm not... <laughs> you're just a human yeah and i just pick something different so I, it's not the same we don't all go full leclerc pole but nine times out of ten that's what i think but i just think something different <laughs> everybody thinks i hate him but um yeah say leclerc does uh, send max out and that kind of thing a fan's really gonna be unless maybe you're a leclerc fan but a fan's really gonna be too happy that as a result of the sprint we've then lost the opportunity to have a front row lockout for the actual race and see that unfold that way if max ends up starting from the back is that really what fans want to see or do they want to see leclerc and verstappen constantly Mm. within a few seconds of each other or do they want to see verstappen come from the back to try and fight with the club. Yeah, I'm no. genuinely like curious if people have an opinion on it, like do pop it in the comments and let us know. Oh, because... Don't you worry, Katie, they've already finished their comment and they've pressed send <laughs> the second you mentioned it. Boom. I'm just, yeah, I'm not saying there's a right or a wrong answer at all. I just, I'm curious to know what fans 
would think if that situation had had unfold today, whether that's, you know, Max start at the back or uh, Leclerc start at the back for tomorrow if a scenario like that happened. But um, yeah, I. Why, why would they start at the back tomorrow? But like if, so if Max and Charles <coughs> came together in the sprint and one of them was able to carry on and the other was able to start at the oh, back. Oh, I see. And one of them was at the still managing. Okay. Yeah. yeah gotcha. Gotcha. No worries. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure that there are plenty of different formats that people love to talk about. There's plenty of different point systems that people also think uh, would work. Um, but yeah, it's it's a difficult one. There's always going to be positives and negatives to this sort of thing. Um, but but yeah, I, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. The problem is teams have to agree to this and the fastest yeah, teams true. are never going to go, <laughs> oh, wait, so, so, if I, if, so if we're the fastest car, we're going to start 10th uh, for the sprint race. Um, no. And, and the problem with Formula One is that they have to be pretty much a unanimous decision uh, for anything to ever get moved. So that's probably not going to happen. That's why it's in our dreamland. Now, let's move on to our Imola predictions. Uh, mm-hmm. well, you, can, you, you can already cash in on a point, which makes me very angry. But mine first. Uh, boring dry race. And the track will be questioned for its suitability for F1. Of course, I'm talking about the, the main race here. Okay. Definitely hadn't forgotten it was a sprint weekend when I had uh, made this prediction, clearly. Uh, but boring dry race in the track will be a question for its suitability for Formula One. I don't think that's going to happen somehow. And Mick Schumacher scores first point. Now he's starting in 10th. So the dream There's is alive. Hope. Yes, is. Katie, what's yours? We're all manifesting for Mick points. Uh, mine is both McLarens in the points again. Could technically cash that in on that because I did yeah. both get, well, they did both get points today, I think. Did they? Did I? Yeah. Why did they yeah, finish? Yeah, 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 yeah. They did. Unbelievable. I'm pretty Cheeky. sure. Yeah, Danny yes. Rick finished sixth. Fifth sixth and sixth. And they fifth. I'm not sure. Ah, I'm not sure. What? Or how do we? Have you just? Have you just cashed in? I think I might have done. That's <laughs> we'll disgusting. See. We'll see. I will. I'll see how they are in the race tomorrow <laughs> and how smug I can be on Monday. Um, and then I said as well, Verstappen wins a sprint. So so far. Unbelievable. That's okay, but we'll see. That's okay. That's two from two from Katie. It's not even. It's not even Sunday yet. Uh, and Tommy's was Ferrari one two in the race. Yeah, not sure it's going to happen. And a lo- it might do. It'd We've seen great. a double Red Bull DNF already this year. Win an Italian race uh, one two, uh, and Alonso top five in quali, which happened. So Tommy's already cashed in on a point. Uh, well, technically, what are we calling quality? No, I'm joking. Quality was Friday. Yeah. Uh, so good. So I might be the only one that doesn't score points. Brilliant. Uh, so Yana Watmir said Lewis versus Max for the win. Oh, He's not scoring points. So at least you're in good company. Well. That's not aged well. We haven't even spoken about Mercedes because they were literally nowhere. We haven't even mentioned it's them. They were crazy. Like, they went backwards from their qualifying result. What they finished. Oh, it's not. It's just showing me the top 10. That's great. What a silly thing. Um, but they finished. I think Hampson finished 15th. And George was 11th, I think it was. Was that right? Uh, um, Hamilton was 13th. Oh, it was Russell 13th was in the end. Okay, all right. I, I may, Maybe that was <laughs> at some point in the race. Anyway, uh, so 13th. Either way, out of the points, and Hamilton seemed extremely down in the dumps uh, after his, uh, after, well, the sprint. And doesn't seem like there's much way back just yet, which is, which is madness. And uh, George Russell starts 11th, which is one place higher than where he started in the Williams uh, the, the year prior to this. So 
yeah, well, you were speaking about George Russell luck. Yeah, maybe, maybe this is this is this is bad luck. And uh, yeah, so you know what, man, that's not going to happen. I'm sorry, mate. If it does, we've had the craziest race of all time. Uh, race <laughs> underscore. Uh, oh no, race underscore. I almost did it again. Where I thought that they did this last Race underscore. Latifi doesn't crash in all sessions. So far, so good. I think Love he had it. a little off. Doesn't count as a crash though. Yeah. Had an off, definitely went off into the gravel, I think. And I showed DJ Alpine or McLaren on the podium. I mean, McLaren could happen could if there's possible. a if there's a little ding dong between Leclerc and Verstappen, which is going to happen at some point. There's going to be fireworks and it's going to be crazy, but um, it hasn't happened yet. And everyone's like, oh, I really hope that happens so on a time happy. when Tommy's back. Oh, what just so we argue? Is that is yeah? That, and I'll yeah, just watch, yeah. I'll be like, the popcorn. Like, mm, yeah, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, I love that Perez won and they crashed each other out. <laughs> uh, probably also worth mentioning before we go, uh, Joe Guanyu, of course, having that incident with uh, with Pierre Gasly, um, mm. which was a racing incident. I think it was fair to be a racing incident, yeah. Uh, just wasn't much. I think Pierre Gasly didn't really have much to uh, anywhere to go. Joe Guanyu just turned in a little bit um, too much, and and unfortunately ended uh, in uh, Joe Guanyu not being able to finish the race. Um, what else can we mention? Williams absolutely nowhere, and uh, Albon's brakes just imploding yeah, yesterday during quality. So weird. Oh, because they forgot to flick a switch. Hamilton finished fourteenth. To... What are you on about, Katie? What have you? I'm on the me? official F1 website. So the F1. I, I'm website on the official F1 website. Are you looking at qualifying? I was looking at the sprint grid. I am very sorry. I saw sprint and was like, that'll do. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, this says 14th here. Um, either way, it was wrong for what I said because I said 15th. But um, yeah, not ideal. Um, but to be fair, what can they do really right now? Not sure, but George Russell was 11th, so maybe we'll be able to score some points, but they're just they're terrible round here, aren't they? Um, anyone else to mention? Valtteri Bottas, P7, love it. Yeah. He did a great move on Fernando Alonso, uh, which was mm-hmm. which was pretty pretty saucy. Uh, and that's about it. Alpha Tauri uh, are, are in the bin around here, which is a big shame. Uh, they that's were really shocking. They were not in Q1, weren't they? Which is they insane. are familiar with this track as well. Yeah. Yeah, they, testing, they, they do testing around before. it, don't they? Yeah, they do like yeah. filming days around here and stuff. But there you go. I think we've pretty much summed it all. Katie, final thoughts? Oh, um, <laughs> happy. Oh, uh, Why do you just go straight to like <laughs> generic happy birthday to anyone that's got a birthday <laughs> or something like that? Like, <laughs> if it's your birthday, Hope you're having a lovely Saturday. Um, <laughs> Saturday. I will have my. Hope you're having Saturday. a lovely Saturday. My final thought is I am really excited to have Tommy back, but wow. we have missed okay. him greatly when he's been on his paternity leave. But yes, this will be, I think, maybe the first podcast we do where Baby Grace is real and she's in the world. So real. shout she out to Baby real. Grace. She wasn't real before the birth, she was just a figment <laughs> of our imagination. Um, but she's yes, saying, she's adorable. Yeah, they went for the name Grace, which I am convinced is to do with its Grace Week. It has to be. I don't know why they didn't tweet that um, when when she was born, but it here was we go. on a Monday as well. <laughs> I know uh, it would have just been pu- beautiful. But I've seen the uh, F1 propaganda has been uh, working as well. Uh, he's been uh, putting Grace in front of the television as Formula One is on, and also Baby Grace has a Max Verstappen little baby grow, which is uh, incredible. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. Well, my final thought is I don't miss Tommy at all. 
and uh, I am not looking forward to him coming back. With I, well, I hope that when he comes back, Verstappen hasn't just like dominated the weekend because I know that he'll have his smug little face. He'll be like, oh, so have his little cape around him. Yeah. Love you, what really, Tommy. Miss? Lots of love. <laughs> Look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Use the hashtag WTF1 podcast if you want to get involved in the discussion moving forward or just follow us on social media where we ask you for some questions. Leave us a like, thumbs up, five stars, whatever you are listening or watching on. Give us all that positivity. Lots of love. We'll see you, well, tomorrow for Internet's Best Reactions, Monday for a reactive video, or if you're part of Team WTF1, you can watch the podcast live, where I'm hoping still we have a special guest. So <gasps> Yeah, that. that's exciting. And, and then on Tuesday, we will have the actual podcast for those of you that are part of Team WTF1. But either way, thank you very much. If you want to join Team WTF1, it's £2 a month. So if you do, yeah, link in the description. If not, no Bargain. worries. See you soon. Bye! I cut my thumb when I was when I was uh, cutting onions. Can you oh see no. it? Yeah. It's really bad actually. It like sliced open. Anyway, bye. <laughs>